Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. This is a year of acceleration. Amen. And in order to have acceleration into what God is doing right now, we've been talking about change. Amen. We've been talking about change. And um, in order to uh, in order to have everything that God has for us, we have to change. And the change is a change in mindset, in the way we think. And that's what we've been talking about. And um, let's go over here and look at uh, Mark chapter 1 right now. And uh, we're going to take a look at the message Jesus preached. It's change the way we think so we can change the way we live. Without a, without a change in thought, you cannot change uh, the way you live. They are tied together. Um, then we talked about once we get to the realm of change that God is expecting out of us, then he wants to move us quickly to where we belong. And that's the acceleration we're talking about. But then when we start studying in acceleration, we begin to realize God has always moved at a pace that he will not change. He's waiting for man to stand in his place and, and in the position and in the mindset he created for him so he can move it, quickly move him to his place. And Sunday we're going to keep talking on this because what he is, the place he's trying to get us into is to conform us to the image of his son. Amen. And then Jesus is the demonstration of what a son of God is. And when we look in the scriptures tonight, we're going to see that his plan is to conform us to the image of his son. And Jesus spent three years on this planet uh, showing what a son of God is. And the reason why he's showing us this is because he's letting us know this is the image and likeness I intended for you all along. So acceleration is accelerating to the image of Christ. And then out of that comes all the manifestations and works and callings and purposes what God has planned for our lives. Amen. The Bible is a story of redemption. That is what it is. It is a story of man losing his position, losing his place, but God putting him back into that place. Without Jesus, we wouldn't know what a man is supposed to be. And I'm not talking about male. I'm talking about male and female. Without Jesus, we would not know what a real man born in the image and likeness of God is. So let's go down here and look at this. Um, in Mark chapter 1, the gospel of Mark chapter 1, and we want to look at verse 15, and I've been looking at this for quite some time. It says, Jesus came in his ministry. We'll read verse 14 as well. He said, then after John was put into prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching, making an announcement that the gospel of the kingdom of God was here. The gospel, when we talk about gospel, it's good news. It's good news about God's plan of redemption. Redemption means to pay a price to put things back where they belong. Amen. And so Jesus came and he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. When we talk about the kingdom, we talk about God's rule, God's dominion and authority. It's going to take power to put things back where they belong. It's going to take God's kingdom, his rule, his dominion and authority to put things back where it belongs. Now, as I meditate on this day, this, been, this dispensation is about putting man back where he belongs. Amen. This dispensation is about putting mankind back where they belong. It is not about putting necessarily the earth like it is or heaven like it is. But when you go to the book of Peter, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. It's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But it's no need of putting a new a old man in a new heaven and a new earth. It's no need of putting a fallen man in a new heaven and a new earth. So he wants to fix the man first. Amen. Praise God. He wants to fix the man first. Amen. So that's what the kingdom has come here to do. 
This is the age where we preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. He said, go into all the world to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Let all men know that I want to restore them back to their original state that I created them in. Amen. And then once that age is done, once that age is done, then the end comes. Amen. That's the end of the age when the gospel is preached. It may not happen at that moment, but it is qualified. It is qualified God to bring this thing to closure. So what is the church's assignment? Go into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. When John the Baptist came, he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't preach himself. He didn't preach himself. He preached the message of the kingdom. God's rule, dominion, and authority is here to put things back where they belong. Because the enemy has put things out of the state where they belong. Things out of position. Things He's the one that's responsible for putting things out of order. He is the, Satan is the God of disorder. He is, he, is, he is opposite of whatever God is. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He says, I come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is, that is what he comes to do. But the Bible said, be of good cheer. Amen. Jesus overcame him. Amen. And when you're in his image and likeness, you overcome him. He don't overcome you. You overcome him. He doesn't have dominion over you. You have dominion over him. But you got to get the image back to practice that dominion. Amen. You got to get that image back to practice that dominion. So he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Let's go down here a little bit further. And he says right here, the time is fulfilled, which means it's happening right now. Somebody say it's happening right now. Restoration is happening right now. If you want your original state back, you can have it back. Amen. You want your original peace back, you can have it now. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, not hostility, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the Holy Ghost is the agent of power to execute the will of the kingdom in the earth. Amen. And so we come down here, we look a little bit further. He says here, the time is for the kingdom of God is at hand. So <clears throat> there's only three reasons to talk. There's only three reasons to write. Either you give an information you're giving a command or you're asking a question. That is the three ground rules for communication. Other than that, you're not talking. Either you're giving information, you're asking a question, or you're giving a command. When Jesus said the kingdom is here, what is he doing? He's, giving, he's informing us, amen, information comes so you don't have to be ignorant. So he's informing us that the kingdom is here. If he didn't say that, you wouldn't have known it was here. Amen. I used to work in the Corps of Engineers in, in Louisville, Kentucky, and I used to eat lunch at a place called Moby Dick's. And Moby Dick's would put a sign out front when they were cooking fish called Now Frying. Amen. Because they want you to get your fish hot. They're letting you know we're frying right now. So you can come. So the gospel, when we talk about preaching the gospel, we talk about making an announcement and giving information so people can take advantage of it. So Jesus is saying, I want to give people a chance to come into the kingdom. Amen. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible said God takes you out of the kingdom of darkness. He takes you out of that and puts you in the kingdom of his dear son. He translates you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So there should be a change in your life. Amen. When, when, the, when you change kingdoms, we know it. Amen. Praise God. So let's go down here and look a little bit further. He says right here, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Repent ye. So what is that? Is that information or command or asking a question? So he ain't asking you. He's, he said, if you want to experience the kingdom, I'm commanding you to repent. And when you look up the word repent in the Greek, it means to change the way you think. Nobody thinks like God except you're around God. Amen. Nobody thinks like him without coming into the kingdom. Nobody thinks like him without coming into the words of the king. So many people have interpreted this word as being remorseful. That's not what it means. Being sorry or feeling guilty. That's not what he's asking for. I can be remorseful. I can be sorry. I can feel guilty my whole life. But if I don't change the way I think, my behavior will remain the same. And I will constantly be living in remorse and shame and guilt. That's not what he's asking for. He's asking for a new set of thought. 
And therefore, that thought is the way the kingdom thinks. That's why we have a Bible. The Bible is a message of the kingdom of how God thinks and how a man should think to enter into redemption so that he can function like God created him to function. When you watch the news at 6 and 10, that's not how God created people to function. When you're looking at all the drama and all the, all the challenges that come in on homes and families, that's not how God created it to happen. But there's been something interjected into it. It's darkness been interjected into it, and Jesus came to get it out. Amen. The Bible said he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. That's what he was sent here to do, to undo what he did. And to undo what he did is called redemption. Amen. So with the, the Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That, that what, the, what the enemy has done has been rede re removed in my life. If you let his redemption function perfectly, perfectly in your life, then you'll say there will be no marks and scars on your life of what the enemy done. There may have been something that in your past that had happened, but Jesus can wash it out. He can get you delivered of it. He can get you forgiven of it. He can get the guilt and the shame off your life. You can be a new creation. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at that scripture tonight. Now look at this. He says, the first thing he says to do is change. Then the next thing he says to do, change the way you think. You change. He says, don't try to change other people. You change. Amen. It didn't say change your neighbor. It says you change. Most people try to change other people. They try to get them to do what they're doing or live the way they're doing. That's not what Jesus is asking you to do. It's going to be enough time in this life just getting you changed. And notice nobody can change you. Change has to come from within. You're wasting your time trying to change other people. Amen. Change is a surrender. I like what Billy Graham used to say, I surrender all. What that means is I'm changing, Lord. You're smarter than me. You're stronger than me. You're wiser than me. You have more power than I do. You are omnipotent. You are eternal God. You are all-knowing, all-wise. I'm not smarter than you. So I'm going to receive your word. I'm going to receive your gospel. I'm going to receive the message of your kingdom, and I am going to change so that I can get back to what I'm supposed to be. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Then he says right here, I want you to change, and then I want you to believe the gospel. You can hear the gospel preach, but believing it is something else. That's a whole nother level. Believing what God said is a whole nother level. Why? I don't have time to go to Isaiah 55 right now. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. I don't think about the same, I don't think about on the same subject the way you think about it. My thoughts are not your thoughts which means I saw how you handled that. I wouldn't have handled it that way. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As high as the heavens is above the earth, so my thoughts and my ways are above yours. So what is he trying to tell us? He's given us the differential between heaven and earth, that my ways are so much higher. He's letting us know we need redemption. He's letting us know that we need to come up to another level. He's letting us know that there is a distinction between he and us. And he doesn't want that gap there. Because the Bible said, how can two walk together unless they agree? It takes agreement to be able to live with someone. And amen. And so, the, so, so what we need, yeah, it is good. So what we need to do is get with God. Amen. We need to get with him. And how do you get with him? You get with his word. In the beginning was the word. That's what it says in the Gospel of John. And the word was with God and the word was God. So when you're reading the Bible, you're having a conversation with God. Amen. He is the author of the word. If I stay away from the Bible, then I have no conversation with him. But I do sound like everybody I'm around. Show me your group and that's how you're going to talk. That's, and, 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 and that's how you're going to think. And then that's going to be my ways. And God has said, I want you to change your ways because I created you to be like me. Amen. So let's go to Genesis chapter one. Let's look at the beginning here in Genesis chapter one. When Genesis chapter one in verse one, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They go together. They are a unit. I like to say they're like peanut butter and jelly, bacon and eggs. Heaven and earth work together. They are a unit. 
there is supposed to be no gap, no separation from heaven to earth. They're supposed to function as a unit. Heaven is a planet. It is a spiritual planet. Earth is a planet also. It's a physical planet. And God created earth, God created heaven and earth, and earth is supposed to be a physical reflection of what really exists. Amen in heaven. Amen. And so the Bible says the earth was without form and dark. Amen. The earth was without form and void and darkness was some of the face of the deep. Now, I got to just tell you a story here because verse 2 is a whole story. The Bible says when God created the heavens and the earth, notice it says the earth was without form. It didn't say heaven was without form. But it's supposed to be a reflection of it. It didn't say, it didn't say heaven was without form. It said earth was without form, which means there's a disconnect in verse 2, there's a disconnect between heaven and earth. God said, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. But what happens in verse 2, what causes the earth to be without form and void and darkness on the face of the deep? Well, you got to go to Isaiah, Isaiah and you got to go to Ezekiel and I would do those scriptures. But the Bible said there was a war in heaven. It didn't last long. Amen. It didn't last long. There was a person decided to take over God's throne. And the Bible said all he did was just think about it. Right, right. Amen. It wasn't no tough fight up there. It wasn't nobody rolling over and tearing up furniture. Right, right. Heaven's furniture is in the place where it belongs. <laughs> the Bible said Satan was cast out. Jesus preached, said, I saw him fall like lightning. And where did he hit? He hit the earth because the earth was his dwelling place. And he was not Satan, then he was Lucifer. And the Bible said of all God's angels that he created, he was the most beautiful of all. He was the praise and worship leader in heaven. He had music in him. He was music. He didn't need speakers. He didn't need, he didn't need keyboards. He didn't need horns. He didn't need xylophones. He didn't need harps. He was music. And all those sounds were in him. But he decided he wanted something else. He wanted God's place. Amen. The worst thing we can do in life is get out of the place God assigned us. And God created, oh, out of the purpose he assigned for us. The Bible said the pathways of the righteous, well, that means to be in God's plan gets brighter and brighter. Amen. But the path, the way of the transgressor is hard. Praise God. Hard is not good if you don't know that. Praise God. But look down here. The earth was formed without dark because Satan now, he, Satan means adversary. It means an adversary. He was named Satan because he became an adversary of God. That was mean he's an adversary. He became the adversary of God. He was stripped of all of his beauty. He was stripped of his anointing. He was stripped of all the giftings he had. And he was thrown to the earth because the Bible said he was the first one to walk in the Garden of Eden. And when he walked in the Garden of Eden, he, that was his dwelling place, but he had access to heaven. And when he... Well, the Bible said iniquity was found in him. See, the thing about people, they have to be tempted to sin. Satan just chose to. He didn't have a tempter. He didn't have a tempter. He just chose to. So there is no redemption for him. But for you, there's redemption. There's reconciliation. You can be put back where you belong because it was the tempter that got you there in the first place. And the Bible said when, 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 when that lake of fire is, is ready for him to be thrown into, that we would look at him and say, is this the man? He ain't the tough person you think he is. He said the church would look at him and say, is this the man that calls the nations turmoil, drama, and trouble? He's not what you think he is. The Bible said he tries to come as a roaring lion. He's not. He just roars. I got a dog named, well, he ain't my dog, but he lives in my house. <laughs> King will come to the door. Anytime somebody's dropping off a package, he sounds like a lion. People want to get off the porch real quick. He sounds like a lion at the door. I said, King, you ought to sit down. Because when people know dogs, I've seen him do that, and the people know dogs pet him on the head, he rolls over on his side. I said, you are an awesome God dog, aren't you? You are a great protector. So I know King is not a rowing lion. <laughs> when you get into words, you're going to find out the devil ain't all that tough. Jesus said, with one finger, I'd get rid of him. He said, because the kingdom is here, it takes that much to get rid of him. 
And it don't take a person that's, it don't take a theological degree. It just takes one person that gives their life to Jesus, that's born again, that becomes a child of God. You immediately are seated in heavenly places. You have authority over him. And when you tell him to go, he don't hang around and stay. They leave immediately if you know your dominion. If you know your authority, when you tell them to leave, they don't hang around and play around with you because they see the angels that are with you. They see the Holy Ghost with you. They see the blood of Jesus with you. They see the power of, the, of God with you. You got a host with you every day. You look like the secret service when you get up in the morning in the spirit. But let's look down this. So this is the thing about God. Now listen, the earth is without form and void, and the spirit of God is hovering over it. Verse 3, God says, let there be light. What is God doing? He's putting light back. He's putting, he, immediately he starts putting things back where they belong. He's the, the Bible is a story of redemption. God didn't create the earth without light because heaven had light. Matter of fact, God is light. He is the light, amen. And so he begins to put everything back. He puts the light back. He puts the water back. He puts life in the water back. He puts the heavens back. He puts the clouds back. He puts the grass back. He puts the animal life back. He puts everything back up until verse 25. And the Bible said everything he put back was good. But the only thing that's not here is a ruler for the planet. Because he just fired somebody. <laughs> the worst job to take is the one the guy that just got fired. <laughs> he knows you. <laughs> Amen. So look down here a little bit farther. Look down here a little bit farther. It says right here. In verse 25, it says God has, he finally puts the animal kingdom back and God saw that it was good. Notice everything is being put back from Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 to 25. Everything has been put back. But there is no, in, there is no inhabitor of the planet. That's the only thing that's not back. Who's going to run this thing? And God comes up with the answer in verse 26. Look what he says. He says, and God says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now remember, once he says something, he never changes his mind. The Bible said God does not repent. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Whatever God calls you, he leaves it like that. So he says, as far as a ruler on this planet, God says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So the nature of man should be like God. That's what it should be. It shouldn't be something else. And I'm not talking about the unsaved. I'm talking about the church. I know the unsaved are not like God. They don't even seek after him, after them. They don't even go after him. They said, the, Romans said, all have sinned. What is sin? Sin doesn't mean you did something wrong. Sin means to miss the mark. Miss your purpose. Live on the planet your whole life. And miss the purpose God had for you. And you had help doing it. The Bible says Satan had blinded the minds of them so that they would not believe and go after the gospel. You got to have help to stay away from God. You got to have help to do it. That's what the Bible said. I believe the word. I'm changing because that's the command, and I am believing. You have to have help. You have to have your mind blinded. I'm not talking about sin with your natural eye. Your mind blinded to not want your place back. I made you like me. And look what God says right here over in the book of Psalms. Psalms, I believe it's 17, verse 15. And this is David in his prayer. He says, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. 
I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Why would he pray something like that? Because he knows he's supposed to be like God. He knows he's supposed to be like God. And there is no satisfaction in life. Things don't satisfy you. Things don't satisfy you. It's having the right nature that satisfies you. There's people that have billions of dollars. They're completely unhappy. Completely unhappy. Completely unhappy anywhere they are with billions of dollars. All you got to do is watch the news. You think money was the answer to happiness. It's not. Joy, interesting joy, is the nature God gave man. And Jesus had to come and restore it. He said, I'm going to give you a joy that nobody can take. I'm going to give you a peace that the world can't take away from you. Amen. When God looks at this planet, people say, I guess God is really man. No, the Bible said he sits in the heavens and laughs. He's not. He's already fixed it. He's already fixed it. He's already, the Bible said, I'm going to read it tonight, it pleased the Lord for Jesus to go to the cross so that we could be restored. The Bible said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. He went through that cross so that we wouldn't have to live below the image and likeness of God. He took that cross so we could be restored back to the likeness of God. Because I'm going to keep reading Genesis. You're going to find out Adam, what he lost was God, being like God. That's what he lost. Right now, he says right here, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Let them have dominion. Notice dominion means that there is a kingdom there. There's a rule, there's authority there. This was the kingdom that God gave Adam. And when Jesus, he's called the second Adam. So when he starts his ministry, what is he talking about? A kingdom. He's talking about a dominion. He's talking about a dominion. And he's not talking about just a natural dominion. He's talking about a spiritual dominion. He's talking about dominion over darkness in the entire spiritual realm. And people living in that dominion and understand how it functions, they run from no devil. And no demon stays in your house and don't come around nothing. They get out. But they know if you know or not. And you have to be taught the word of God to be functioning your dominion right. Your house should be at peace. Amen. Let the peace of God rule in your heart is what it says. So look down here a little bit further. He says he blessed them. Now he says, he says this. He says uh, he's defining man's authority. He says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over the cattle, over how much of the earth? Man is supposed to have dominion over all the earth. That's why we do a lot of things, and some of it is good. Pollution control and all those things like that. It's a balance to everything. But man is a caretaker of the planet. It's not his job to destroy it. The devil wants him to destroy it. I don't watch a whole lot of the news. But right now they're talking about, you know, the Bible said at the end of the days there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. So which, the rumor, which rumor is it now? Ukraine, that means you're watching the news. <laughs> Ukraine is on right now. That's a rumor. Because the weapons of destruction to be unleashed is beyond the realm of humanity to function in it. It's just two boys that just can't fight. That's the USSR and the USSA. They too big, they'll tear everything up. It's too big. They have weapons now that are so destructive, and it's not time for that. That's coming, but it's not time. So that's a rumor, which means man has the planet to has the power and the ability in him, and the destructive ability. Why not? 
use that technology to make life better. Why make weapons that can wipe out people and destroy them? Because you have to defend yourself. Why? Because it has been shown from Genesis chapter 3 that Satan can rise up in another person and cause them to destroy a family member. I'm going to look at it. And so there's been nothing but wars on this planet. And bloodshed, and God says, I got to make a new heaven and a new earth. I got to make it all over again. Was totally right. Because men have dominion, they have the ability to destroy this planet. Why would they have the mindset to destroy? Where would they get a destroying nature from? Satan comes to kill. Steal, kill, destroy. Let's go down here a little bit further. It says right here, over all the earth, over all of it, and over everything that creepeth upon the earth, which means that if it's on this earth, man has dominion on it. Satan can't go to heaven. So where is he at? The Bible calls him your adversary and mine. That's who he is. And we have to renew our minds so that he is not able to use us to do what he wants to do. Amen. Especially us, because we are the children of God. Amen. We are not his. Amen. We belong to God. Amen. Amen. That's why you got to pursue redemption. That's why when Jesus came preaching the kingdom, he said men that want to get out of the kingdom of darkness, he said now they're pressing into the kingdom. When he started preaching this message, you don't have to be sick, broke, depressed, devil on your tracks. He started preaching that message and started delivering people, healing people and delivering them that were oppressed of the devil. When he started delivering those people and they saw they could be free, they started pressing into the kingdom. And the gospel took over all of Israel. And then it went from, Jesus said, I wanted to go from, I want to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of there. It's working because we're over here in the USA and we got our Bible open. God's plan is working. It's going in all the world. Say amen to that. All right. Then it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male and female. He created them both. They both have equal authority with God. They both have equal authority. When it comes to dominion in this earth. And then he said this right here. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth. They had the ability to restore this place. Why do you need a replenisher? Replenisher means put stuff back. So then God, in, 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 he, he recruited man to be a part of his plan of redemption for the planet. Put stuff back on the planet where it's be, supposed to be. Because the other guy that was here before you messed up. Satan knows you are his replacement. That's why he can't stand you. And he knows God made you in, in, in God. You're in God's image. He's a, he's a fallen angel. You are the son of the most high God. The possessor of heaven and earth. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have the nature of God on the inside of you. And the Bible would teach you how to function in that if you give yourself to it. And we should because we're trying to put things back where they belong. Amen. That's what we want to do, put things back where they belong. Let's look down here. He says, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowls of the air and over every living thing that moveth on the earth. Okay, so let's go over here and look a little bit farther. And then it says over here, in, in verse uh, 7, it says here, let's go to chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. He formed man from the dust of the ground. So he formed his body first. Your body is your housing. When a person dies, the spirit and soul leave the body. 
And when God created the body first, there was no spirit and soul in it. So when you're watching a person in a casket, the real them is not in that body anymore. Your body's just a house. It's not the real you. And God formed his body from the dust of the ground because this is his place of assignment right now. He's supposed to function in the earth. Amen? His place is in the earth. And so he says, then he breathed in his nostril the breath of life and became a living soul. Of all God's creation, man is the only one that he didn't speak in, he breathed you in. Everything else, words created it. But yet the words described us. But because we are like him, God didn't want to take the time to articulate who he is. He just breathed himself in us. He'd still be talking right now. He'd still be talking right now if he did that. So he breathed himself in that body. And man became a living, breathing spirit to look and act like God. And he started functioning like God from day one. He didn't, even, he didn't need any training to act like God. He started functioning like him right away. And then it says right here, God put him in the garden. God gave him wealth. God gave him uh, the whole planet. He gave him everything. Adam was loaded. He's loaded and he's like God. That means God is loaded because Adam is. Because he made him like himself and he put him in a place called paradise. Eden, the place, the Eden really means paradise. He gave him a place and it was a place of paradise. God wants people in places that are good places. When you see destruction and poverty and people living in it, as satanic as him destroying humanity. So he says right here, he says right here, and then he goes on, he talks about, he gave him the land place, verse 12 talks about the gold and the wealth and all the minerals that were around this man. He was wealthy. He was supposed to use all these resources to populate this planet and make it look like heaven. And he put him in the garden. God put him in his, gave him assignment. And, but I want to read you this down here in verse, um, in verse 17. He put him in the garden, verse 17. But God, God says, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. For in the day you eat thereof, thou shalt die. He says, you're going to die. And um, he tells him this, and um, you're going to die. Now, when you talk about death, death, the word death, when you look it up, it means separation. When you take, if you got a rose bush, you want to clip off a bloom, you just, you just separate it that bloom or that stem and that bloom from the plant. The source of life is cut off. The moment you cut it, it died. Now it doesn't look like death. You put it on your table, it's pretty for a couple of days. And then all of a sudden the death goes in. Now when God tells him this, he didn't go casket graveyard dead. It took over a thousand years for him to die. A thousand years. That's what it took. Adam lived probably that long, close to a thousand years, somewhere around in that. But look at this. Let's go over here. God tells him, you're going to die. You will be, and death means you cut the bloom off. It takes a while for it to stop functioning like the rest of the blooms. It, the moment you cut it, it, it's dead the moment you cut it, but it takes time for the death of the bloom to show up where it doesn't look like the rest of the blooms. But at the moment it cut, it still looked the same. So there's a decline. There's a decline. We're living in dark days. There's coming a decline. The Bible said the earth is going to keep getting darker and darker. But the church is going to keep getting brighter and brighter. That's what he, so people have a, so people that are looking for an answer have a place to come. Amen. The church is supposed to be an answer. Amen, have answers for the things that are going on. So, so when God says, if you disobey me, Adam, if you choose another pathway than the one I got you, it's like cutting the bloom off. You're going to be cut off from me. You're going to stop being like me. You're going to stop being like me because you just got disconnected from me. Death means to be separated. So he says, Adam, you're going to be living separate from me. You're going to start getting ways that are not my ways. You're going to start having thoughts that are not my thoughts. 
and when it begins to populate throughout the whole planet. Now, I ain't got time to go to Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 6. The Bible said man's thoughts got so, he couldn't even have one clear thought. That the Satan had so attacked his mind, he couldn't even have one clear thought. And God said, I got to flood this thing out and get rid of the whole bunch. Except for Noah and his family. It got that bad once Adam got disconnected. Amen. Now, let's go ahead out here in chapter 3 and see how he got disconnected. Now, the serpent, it's talking about Satan, was more susceptible than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. People think the devil's got horns and stuff like that. No, he's about deception. There are no horns. There is no pitchfork. Not in this Bible. That I, I've been reading. I, I hadn't read about a pitchfork. I hadn't read about horns. No, he's subtle. It's okay to be a part of that. That's, you, go, you don't like that, don't you? The Bible says sin is pleasure before season. You just got a season. That's all you're going to get. The Bible said the wages of sin is death, separation from God, and eventually leads to casket graveyard dead before your time because you've been separated for so long, clipped so long, that the process of death is in. in at separation, the process of death is, is in operation. And Jesus came back to restore us, to bring us back to God. We should be going back to him so that we can get connected to him and restore back to the life. Jesus said, I come that you might have life. And life only comes from God and life more abundantly. He said, well, the subject was more than the beast of the field. Amen. And the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, have God said. His first attack is to tell you that God's word carries no weight. It's not important. Your Bible is not important. The word of God is no important. Live your life without his word. He says, have God said. I'm attacking what the word of God said because I don't want you living by his word. I want you to live by what I think. I want you living by my rebellion. I want you to live by, I am the original OG. The original rebeller. That's who I am. I am the original rebellion. Nobody helped me sin. I did it. I created sin and darkness. So he comes down here. And the woman, he says, have God said, and you shall not eat of the tree. Uh, he says, she, he said unto the woman, yes, have God, have God said, you should not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, that's right, but of the tree of, of, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Did God say you couldn't touch it? He never said you couldn't touch it. You could have put a tree house up in there. You could have put a swing set on it. He didn't say anything about not touching it. He said don't eat of it. So who told her not to touch it? No. Husband told her. He said, I just don't want you around that tree. You know what? That'd be a good thing if you just don't even go over there. It'd be a good thing. I don't want you touching it. If you can't touch it, then I ain't got to worry about you what? Eating it. So, but what he said is what she repeated. Now, so this is what, this is what the serpent said. Verse 4. The serpent said, as the serpent said unto the woman, ye should not surely die. God said you would. You got to understand what this life is about. Either you're going to listen to God or you're going to listen to this world. There ain't no middle ground. There is no middle ground. Either you're going to listen to him or you're going to listen to God. There is no middle ground. Man shall not live by bread alone. Matthew 4, 4. God is trying to tell us all over again. Man shall not live by natural means alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's how he ought to live. Then he says right here, and you have to get in the Bible to find out what God said yourself. I'm going to help you. I'm going to show you, but you got to go home and look at this up yourself. 
He says, for he know in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God's, little g, knowing good and evil. So what he offered them is a life without God. You don't need him. You don't need him. You can strike off on your own. Well, I think you do need him. Where'd you get that body from? Where did you get the garden from? Where did you get all these things from? The Bible said, in him we live and move and have our being. That our breath comes from him. Don't get up because it's morning. You get up because he causes all living. He supplies life to all living. That's what Psalms 145 says. He says right here, he goes on down here, he says, you shall surely. And so he, he's challenging God's word. When people challenge the word of God, it's not them. It's not them. They've been influenced by darkness to challenge the word. And then when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that you can be, you can exist on your own without God. You don't need him. Church is a crutch. You don't need that. You can exist without it. That's what he offered her. Be your own God. And because she, that offer, she took it. And she ate of the tree, but nothing really happens. It talks about it. And then it says, nothing really happened. Let's go down here to verse. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to, to the eyes. And the tree's desire to be make one wise. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave unto her husband that was with her. And he did eat. That means he stood there and heard the whole conversation. He stood there and heard the whole conversation. When you know something is wrong, but he decided to side with her, nobody had a wife that was hand-built by God like that. And he wasn't going to separate from her. And I don't think he had to. He was in authority. He could have covered her. That's why nothing happened. He could have covered her. God had to see what he was going to do. And the moment he did eat, look at verse 7, and the eyes of them the eyes of them were, were opened. When I looked this word up and studied in the Hebrew, it means everything like God opened and left. The nature and likeness of God was gone. Whose nature did they take? Romans 6.16, you can write this down. I don't have time to turn there. Whoever you obey, that's whose servant you are. There's only three reasons to talk. Information. All Satan did is gave him the wrong information. And asked some questions. He had no authority to command them. Notice he didn't command them to eat. He gave them false information and asked questions. The devil has no authority to command a child of God to do nothing. You need to understand that. He has no authority. He has to have our cooperation to function around us. Then it says right here, the eyes of them were open and the nature of God and the glory on them. Man is the only one that's got to put on a coat to go outside. Of all the creation, all the creation, we're the only ones that got to put clothes on. Did you see a red bird with a with a with a with a parka on this morning and a and, and, and a ski cap on this morning? We lost our covering. It was the glory of God. We lost our covering. And so the man knows he's naked. And for the first time, when God came, you just keep reading it, 
He was afraid for the first time. The Bible said God has not given us the spirit of fear. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. He's not given us the spirit of fear, but a, the spirit of power, dominion, the spirit of love, and a sound mind. That's what he gave us. That should be governing our life. It shouldn't be fear. Fear is Satan's finest. Faith is God's finest. And they're both the same. Fear means the worst is going to happen. Faith means my redemption is happening. And I'm being restored and put back. Things are being put back. So here's what happens. Here's what happens. They go and make leaves. Boy, that's really going to be a good garment, isn't it? You can't even think right. Here this man was ruling the whole planet, and he don't even know how to make a good suit of clothes. He's going to leave leaves. At the end of the week, you're going to need a whole new outfit. Probably won't. in the middle of the week, you'll need a whole new outfit. God stopped him. God, the Bible said God took an animal and clothed him. So God started clothing. Took an animal and clothed him. Look at 315. When God began to put a curse on Satan, he put a curse on Satan in, in, in 315. He says, man, because you listen to your wife, that's why you got to have the things that happen to you. This is when sickness, disease, and poverty and everything starts. Just read it. Just finish reading it. He said, you're going to struggle to make a living. You're going to struggle to make money. It's going to be very difficult. And so people, what do they do? Get on this planet and scratch out, just scratching out to make a living. But God said this to the New Testament Christian. Seek the kingdom first. Go after the kingdom of God that's here. And all the things that the Gentiles after shall be added to you. There's provision in the kingdom. Amen. Because there's provision in the kingdom that Adam was in. So he says this, he says, I will put in, in verse 15, but, but I'll put in between thee and the woman. Now, because the woman was in the center of this thing, almost, and there was, you know, she was, she was the one that talked to the enemy. Jesus put a redemption call on her life. I will put in, I'm going to make, I, he didn't say to man, I'm going to put in between the woman and you, Satan. I'm going to put enmity between, listen to this, I will put enmity between the woman and between, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Women have a special call on their life because of this verse. You say, I'm going to put in between you and the man. The man just disobeyed the woman was tricked. That's what the Bible said. He just flat out disobeyed. She was deceived. That's what the Bible said. And so because of the deception you gave her, I'm going to make y'all enemies. Women have to understand that you need to read the Bible. You need to understand this. You have an innate nature in you to train up your children for God. Because listen to what he says. I'm going to put in between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. So they number two races on the planet. Is Satan's seed and the woman's seed that she preserved for God. I'm going to put in between you and the woman and her seed, thy seed and her seed. When it's talking about seed, it's talking about the nature. You can get an orange seed and an apple seed. It's two different seeds. It's going to produce two different fruits. When a person is not born again, they are the seed of Satan. That's what he's talking about. When a person is born again, they are the seed of God. And when you study the Bible, he's talking about Jesus, the seed that was to come. And Jesus is the seed that came to destroy Satan's kingdom and to put everything back where it's supposed to be. That is his job, to restore everything back. So this verse is talking about Jesus because it has to be a seed that's going to destroy you. Look what it said the seed is going to do. You're going to bruise his heel. That's the crucifixion. But he's going to crush your head. I'm going to destroy your kingdom of darkness is what I'm going to do. So let's go down here and look at some verses of Scripture here. 
Let's go over here and look at Colossians. That probably, this is probably my last verse. And you can't teach the whole Bible in one night. Hey, Pastor Sanders is happy about that. Can't teach the whole Bible. I got five minutes, I'm done. Um, let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Let's look at that one first. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. And it says, who have delivered us from the power of darkness, that'll be, that'll be God, through his son Jesus Christ. He delivered us from what kind of power? If I'm delivered from it, then he can't touch me. It didn't say he was going to deliver me from it. He has delivered me from it. He's delivered me from the power of darkness to affect my life through his death, burial, and resurrection. We are redeemed. We are redeemed. And Paul told uh, the church at Ephesus, my job is to open your eyes and to turn you from darkness to light. From the power of Satan to the power of God. And to cause you to receive forgiveness of sins. And an inheritance that belongs to you. That helps restore everything back to you. Through the gospel. Redemption is a lifetime process. Of learning. That darkness has no power over my life. I'm delivered from it. I'm delivered from that kingdom. I've been redeemed from it. Redeemed means to purchase back and pay a price, and the price was the blood of Jesus. The price was the crucifixion, the suffering of his body. And if we were this bottle of water, Pastor, since you got a red shirt on, so you got a red shirt on, and they always make sure the devil wears red. So if she had me, Jesus came to redeem me to get me back. And after he paid the price, he got up from the dead and came and took us back. You have no right to touch anything of theirs because I paid for it. Amen. When your car was on the car lot, you redeemed it. I don't know if you pay cash or credit. But once you redeemed it, it's your car. And when you get out there and get in it, you ain't expecting nobody else to be trying to get in it because it's yours. And if somebody's getting in it, what you going to say? All right. <laughs> get out of my car. Or cause, and I don't even have to be big enough to get you out. It's called 911. I ain't got to be big enough to get you out. I have the authority to get you out. Amen. I have a right to call somebody to get you out. Amen. But you may be packing. You can get them out. But anyway, but anyway, the thing is, when the police come and they realize that it's my car, what are they going to do to that person? But if they've done enough to violate the law, what's going to happen? Going to jail. So when you tell the devil to get off something, uh -huh. it takes it take metro time to get here. <laughs> but it don't take the angels of God time to get here. Oh, no. Amen. The Bible said your angels encamp around about you. It don't take them time to get here. You got God living on the inside of you. He said, I'm going to dwell in you. I'm going to walk among you. You are walking around with a security force around you and the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And when the Bible said it's always more for you than anything against you. And when you tell him to get out, he, don't, he sees what you can't see. He sees what you're supposed to know by faith in the word of God. And the Bible said he trembles and he runs. But if you say, please get out. Please get out. Turn loose of that handle. No. You say get out because you redeemed and it's yours. And Jesus said, I redeemed you from the power of darkness. 
and I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven and we're going to back you up. Yeah. You're delivered out of the power of darkness. It has no ability to function in your mind, in your body, in your house, in your car, nowhere. The kingdom of God is a legal system to enforce your rights in the earth just like a police department. They're just more efficient. He took us out of the kingdom, out of the power of darkness, or out of the kingdom, and, put it, and translated us in the kingdom of his dear son, who we have redemption through his blood. He paid for us. And the forgiveness of sins. That forgiveness of sins got an S on it. I'm wiping out all your sins. Though your sins be like scarlet, I'm washing them white as snow. And then this is what he did. Over in Colossians chapter 3, it says this. Jesus blotted out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us. When a person is not saved, everything you ever done is wrote. Everything you did it to violate the word of God and the kingdom of God is written. It's violated. If you got a record, a police record, it's down there. All they got to do only is type it up. You got a warrant for your arrest? One time I called the police for something. If something happened over at the church and I need to call the police, he said, uh, what's your name? I said, why you need my name? These people over here done violated the law. And you got your driver's license? Yeah, why you need mine? When you call them, they want your ID. They're going to check and see if you got a warrant out. He said, I just checked and see if you had a warrant for, you, well, for your arrest. I said, no, I ain't doing it like that. So you just get my license back. It's called a handwriting that's against you. The legal system keeps up with offenses. Well, heaven does too. Where do you think they got it from? But this thing, that's a thing called an expungement. That means they erase it so that there's no handwriting against you. Yeah, you done put your hands up already, didn't you? Because Jesus done expunged your stuff. The Bible said the handwriting that was against you, because you weren't the offender anyway, the devil was the tempter, and he tempted you to side with him and to go against God. But Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and you said, Jesus, you got a better deal. I'm taking it. You come with life and life more abundantly. He comes with killing, stealing, and destruction. I can figure that out. I'm taking life and life more abundantly. Jesus said, okay, I'm sponging everything that was against you. There is no record in heaven when you become a child of God that you ever sin one day in your life. So he can't attack your life with guilt and shame. He said this, he blotted out the handwriting of orders that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. When they was nailing him, they were nailing your transgressions. And now having spoiled, this word means to strip of property, power, dominion, Spoiled principalities and powers, that would be Satan. He stripped him of all his dominion and authority. He got up and said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. If Jesus got all power, how much does somebody else got? All right, then. The devil don't have none. He just has still lying. He made a show of them triumphing him over this. When you read that out, Jesus, he marched the devil defeated. He is a defeated angel. With no dominion, no power and authority, he spoiled him. He took back all the dominion and authority he took from Adam and turned around and said to us, here are the keys. Now go preach the message of redemption. Tell people they don't have to struggle for a living. Tell them they don't have to be broke. They don't have to be tormented of the devil. They don't have to be sick. And when you watch his whole ministry, all he did was prove it. When the blind came, you don't, have to, you don't have to live like that. 
the lame, you don't have to live. Those with fever, those who are paralyzed, you don't have. Those that tormented the sick, you don't have to live. Because I'm bringing a redemption and I'm putting man back where he Amen. belongs. This whole Bible is a story of our redemption. And we are to get stronger in it every single day, studying it and, and digesting it. The Bible said meditating it, getting it on the inside of us. Then when the enemy comes, your thoughts are like God's thoughts. You start reacting like him. You start acting like him because that's your nature in the first place. You get some help tonight. Well, praise God. Just lift your hands to heaven. Father, we bless.